Hello, this is Mike Van Meter. Welcome to the Recovery is Possible podcast. I want to thank you for joining me, and you can reach us at our Facebook site, which is also called Recovery is Possible, or our website, which is vanmeterwellnesssolutions.com. So this podcast exists to educate the public about addiction, remove the stigma associated with addiction, and offer help and support to those suffering from addiction. Today we're going to be talking about stopping versus cold turkey, and then also versus going to treatment or to not go to treatment. All right, so tonight I want to talk about something I get asked about all the time, or I read about actually, I read about in recovery forums, where people talk about stopping cold turkey, and they'll ask whether they, uh, you know, whether the people on the Facebook site think that's a good idea, a bad idea, what do they think? And then what about treatment? You know, because certainly a lot of people go to treatment, um, others don't go to treatment, and I've seen a lot of success or failures in in both realms. So let's just talk about that a little bit tonight, and I'm going to talk about why stopping cold turkey when it comes to alcohol or drugs is a bad idea. And I'm going to be talking about this because uh, A, it's dangerous, uh, B, uh, it really reduces your long-term chances of recovery. And then C, it's going to really get you to think that you have willpower or rely on your willpower. And if you have any success at all in the beginning, if you quit cold turkey, you'll you'll tend to think that this is something that you can do on your own and you'll rely on that. And we'll talk about why that's a, a bad idea. So let's go through this a little bit. So I hear about this all the time. Hey, Mike, do you think that uh, I can just stop drinking? Why do I need to go to detox? Why do I need to go to treatment? Well, all right, let's first talk about alcohol. A lot of people don't know, and and I certainly did not know uh, in the early days, that withdrawing from alcohol is dangerous. Did you know that? You can die from alcohol withdrawal, depending on how addicted you are, and then Depending upon um, your health conditions, you can have a heart attack, you can have a stroke. It is very, very dangerous for you to withdraw from alcohol. And that is the biggest reason why if alcohol is your drug of choice, you should not just quit cold turkey. Um, The reason why you go to detox and and that's detoxification. And in the United States, that's going to be anywhere from three to seven days, generally speaking, depend on your level of addiction to alcohol and how your body responds to withdrawal. Um, you need to go through that because your body needs to be walked down little by little. And under medical supervision, there are drugs that are used, the most common of which is known as Ativan, which sort of mimics <clears throat> the effects that you, the same effects of alcohol, but um, you're walked down medically over a period of time and you're monitored the entire time. And that's how you safely wa- uh, walk yourself off of alcohol. And um, all that is, is just getting you to the point to where you are no longer physiologically dependent upon alcohol. And then you uh, are either discharged from, from detox, which is done in a hospital setting, or you are sent into an IOP program, which is intensive outpatient program, or into a uh, treatment facility. And you want to do that because that is the safest thing that can be done. Now, understand that that's just getting you 
off of the physiological dependence of alcohol, that is not recovery and that is not sobriety. And we, we go on in this program, we talk about this at great length, what that means, what being sober means, because not drinking or drugging and being sober are two different things. They're two different concepts. Being sober is your mental state and your spiritual state, that, that sense of equilibrium that you have. And that is not necessarily... Um, if you're just not using, it doesn't mean that you're sober because you can you can be very mentally uneasy with yourself and very um, uh, very much wrapped up in the issues that were leading you to drink or drug in the first place. And those are things that have to be addressed. And those are things that we've talked about so far in this program. But we're going to talk about some more. But <clears throat> detox is simply just getting the drug out of your system and and getting you clean, so then you can begin the process of recovery. Now, that's, that's detox. Now, uh, why, why do you need to detox off of other drugs? Now, if you're on um, the opiates or benzos or <clears throat> other, other types of drugs, marijuana, you know, things along that nature, you're not going to die from the, the withdrawal. You're going to feel like you want to die. Um, it's a very unpleasant feeling. It's very unsettling. And, um, but you're not likely going to die from it. So why do you need to be walked down? Because if you're not walked down, then that urge to use is so overwhelming that you will likely give in and go back to using the drug. So you have to be walked down steadily and to, to give you that, that really that chance at getting into long-term sobriety. So you have alcohol, which is very, very dangerous, and then all of the other drugs, which are less dangerous. However, if you're not walked down, then your chances of that long-term recovery uh, are unlikely. So I hope it, I'm clear about that. You know, I know an early recovery with me. Um, I just share with you a little story. I remember being on the phone with a detox center, and the detox center you know, asked me when the last time I had a drink was, and I and I told him uh, whatever it was, and I, I I think it was like the previous evening, and uh, they said, okay, we'll keep drinking until you get into into the medical center, and and even in those days, I thought, well, that's strange. I thought <laughs> I thought the problem was my drinking. Why in the world would you, as a medical professional, suggest that I keep drinking? And she explained to me, the nurse that is, explained to me that, hey, we don't want you detoxing on the way in here. We don't want you to have a medical event. We want you to come in here so we can walk you down. And I remember telling my wife about that and saying, you know, you're not going to believe this, but they told me to keep drinking until I show up. And I remember how upset my wife was. And she said, you see, that's how bad your disease is, that that you'll lie to me and and tell and here you are blaming this on the medical people saying that they're telling you to uh, continue drinking and you know you'll you'll sink to no no depths uh, and I was like no no honey they really did say that they really said to keep drinking and it was just mind baffling to the both of us that that a medical professional would suggest that but it wasn't until later when I got deep into recovery that they were in fact doing that for my own safety so maybe you have you've run into that situation or maybe you need somebody to go to to treatment and um, their loved one in particular if you are going to suggest that they keep drinking until they go into detox they'll look at you like you got eight different heads on your body and, and not understand because most people don't understand and that's why we're talking about that here today that um, it's not uncommon for you to be asked to do that it's not unusual at all and in many cases that is the safe route to take so um, 
you get out of detox and then you end up in treatment of some sort, maybe, maybe, maybe you don't do that. Um, I, I'm a big proponent of treatment. I think that getting that time under your belt, so to speak, uh, helps, you know, any day clean and sober uh, helps that reparation process that, that you need to have in your body. Because we've talked about this before, about when you're an addict, you, you go and you come out of detox and you go into treatment malnourished. Everybody that goes into treatment is malnourished, even if they don't look like they're malnourished, they are. Why? Because, well, just sticking with alcohol here, um, the B series of vitamins, B1, 3, uh, 6, and 12 are not absorbed into the body. Now, uh, vitamins B and 6 have to do with um, energy conversion. You know, that helps with your metabolism, that helps with energy. That's not being um, absorbed into your body. So a lot of times people, when they come into treatment, are very lethargic, very, you know, very little energy. Uh, you know, they really don't want to get up and work. You know, just not a lot of motivation to do things. And that that, that low B and 6, B, B6 and 12, it has a lot to do with that, explaining why that is. Because, you know, energy isn't being transformed in their body, being um, converted. Now, uh, one in three have to do, bees one in three have to do with the uh, neurological functioning, the, the helping with the thinking process in the prefrontal cortex of the brain. And I'm not, I'm not trying to get overly scientific with you. The point being is that it has to do with neurological functioning, and that's that's reduced. And so people aren't thinking properly. So your your friend or your loved one that you're trying to get into treatment, if they don't seem like they are making rational decisions, that's not by accident. That's because vitamins B, B1 and B3, uh, niacin, are not being converted into, or not even being stored in the body, not being absorbed. And so every day that you're in treatment and you're not putting alcohol into your body, your body is is able to heal, is able to transform itself, and is able to get these levels of vitamins and minerals back up to where they need to be. You also have a reduction of GABA. You have reduction of serotonin levels. Um, you know, all these things have to do, serotonin GABA, and GABA in particular, have to do with that that sense of uh, well-being, that, that, uh, that steady sense that you can have in your brain, that sense of wellness. That's reduced. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that you're not sleeping well. You know, when you're when you're drinking and you're in a blackout, or you you get that buzz before you go to bed, and you and you think, okay, well, that's the only way that I can sleep. The fact is, you're really not sleeping. You know, being unconscious and sleeping are two different things. You're not getting into that realm REM that REM uh, cycle of sleep that you need. And it's during these cycles that these vitamins and minerals and serotonin levels are being boosted in your brain. And so, if you're not sleeping properly, then that's not being um, that's not happening in your brain. So we have to get all of that back. We have to get you into a proper diet. You have to get the proper vitamins. You have to get the proper rest. You have to get all these things. And we can only have that when we're not drinking and drugging. And that's what uh, a 28-day treatment facility does for you. Um, I would actually lean towards going longer in treatment if you can, 60 days, 90 days, or more. Some people have to go longer than that. Um, if you're not in the United States, and I know that we're starting to get a, a lot of listeners to this program that are not in the United States, um, in the United States, for whatever reason, uh, 28 days seems to be the preferred length in, in treatment. I think that has more to do with insurance companies and reimbursement than it does any medical practice, but it is what it is. I don't, I don't make those rules. You don't make those rules, but it's 28 days. 
And, you know, I'm a big, big proponent of that. A lot, Of course, a lot of people relapse when they come out of a 28-day treatment, and I have a lot of theories which we're going to cover in the future as to why that is. But just know this, that here's tonight's takeaway, and that is that every day that you are clean and sober is a day that your body is healing, and the more days you put behind you sober, the better you uh, chance your, increase your chances of long-term sobriety. The fact is that people that can reach a year of sobriety exponentially increase their chances of going even longer than that. So if there's just something about that year mark, if you can make it to a year sober, then you are greatly going to increase your chances of getting into long-term recovery. And that's the goal, isn't it? That's what we want to do. So now the other options that you have are, um, treatment that is, is IOP, and that's uh, intensive outpatient um uh, an int- uh, intensive outpatient program. And so some people go straight to that after uh, detox, or some people go to an IOP after they go to a residential treatment program. Uh, what IOP is, is essentially is counseling sessions, the length of which and the time that you're there per day varies upon your treatment plan, varies depending on your insurance company. And really what that is meant to do is to give you that continuing education and maybe relapse prevention after you've gone through a residential program. And, and again, here in the United States, what was ha- will happen is that's generally done at a hospital. You will go, you will attend classes, you'll learn about addiction, you'll re- learn about relapse, relapse prevention, all the things that you need to know to educate you about addiction and recovery in ways that you can improve your, your chances of long-term sobriety. I've often looked at IOP as sort of being like an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting that you're paying for. Um, the t- There's a lot of upsides. I think the education is a big part because I, I know in my own journey, the education part of this really, really helped me get into long-term sobriety. And that's why I'm doing this program, That because I'm trying to just impart some of the things I learned along the way that helped me. And I think that's important. Oftentimes, when you go to an Alcoholics meeting, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous meeting, or other twelve-step meetings, sometimes you get people that are there that um, have some long-term sobriety, but really don't articulate how they did it, or or only talk about the things that worked for them, and they don't give other viewpoints. Uh, that's not a, a criticism. I'm, I'm, it's just a fact that that you will see the good, the bad, the ugly, and you hear a lot of good. Now, the real good thing about twelve-step meetings is they're free. You don't pay for them. And that's really good. And I've learned a lot from AA meetings, but it's not formal education and you need to understand that. Now, IOP is going to be for a formal education and you're paying for it. Now, what's the downside to it? And this is just Mike's opinion. It's just my opinion. And that is that the problem with it is that everybody that's there, everybody that's attending is a patient just like you are, and they have no more time in sobriety than you do. So although you are learning the academics behind addiction, the problem is there's not a, there's no one in the room that has experience with long-term recovery and can give you that practical guidance. And to me, that has always been a downside to I, IOP. In fact, uh, I know for a period there, I was at the point where I preferred the 12-step meetings because I, to me, it was important to really hear from people that had long-term experience and long-term success. It's really a matter of preference. And, and like all things I talk about on this program, you know what? Whatever works for you 
If it's working for you, then certainly keep doing that. And I'm and I'm not somebody to judge that or tell you what to do or what not to do. Um, one of my taglines is, you stick with the winners and you do what works. And each one of us is different and you do what works for you. I'm just here to tell you what the options are. So intensive outpatient program, IOP, or uh, the 12-step meetings or any other meeting that you, you want to go to. And then... Again, here in the United States, what you have, and some people choose to do this, is going into a halfway house, meaning that you go live in a resident in a residence. Um, usually, one you know, residence is for men, residence is for women, and you go there and you live in these places. Uh, but you're expected to work during the day, so you're you're leaving the house and you're going to a uh, to a job during the day, and then you're checking into the house in the evening. You're drug tested when you come into the house, and in most programs that I'm aware of, will kick you out of that program if you test positive for drugs. And then you were required to be doing chores in the home and then to attend attend a 12-step meeting every single day when you're there. That's the requirement while you're there. I hear really good things about it. I did not do that. I'm just full disclosure. I did not do that. But a lot of people have done that, have had great success with uh, halfway houses, and I'm a big fan of those. And I, I, I'm telling you, I, I, there are people that swear their lives by the positive experiences that they've had in halfway houses. So that's nothing to, you know, to sneer at. That's nothing to push aside. If you need it, you need it. And they lots of great success with uh, halfway houses. So uh, tonight, I just wanted to cover this. Wanted to cover those options. Um, what you know, detox is IOP, halfway houses, and uh, stopping cold turkey, and then give you those reasons why I think that stopping cold turkey is a bad, bad idea. Uh, I was on some forums the other night and I and I saw some people talking about this and they were asking for folks' opinion. So here I am giving my opinion on this. So as always, I like to say that, you know, I don't represent any group. I do know that I talk about 12-step groups here, but I don't represent any groups. So just understand that. I don't represent anyone other than me, myself, and my only purpose is in giving this information is to share with you what I've what I've done and what I've learned because it's helped me and and I'm hoping that it's going to help you as well. If I've said something that does not apply to you or you don't agree with, just you know, just discard it. Again, I'm here just to give you my experience. But try to take any information that you can use for yourself and can help others as well. And that's what we do in recovery all around the world. We help ourselves along the way and we want to help uh, and impart that knowledge to uh, others that we meet along the way. And with that, please visit my Facebook page, which is called Recovery is Possible, and our website, vanmeterwellnesssolutions.com. Let me know how I'm doing and let me know if there's a topic that you're interested in, uh, because that's what the topic was tonight. I got that idea again from a Facebook posting, and I'd love to hear from you. So take care, and I'll see you next time. Thank you.